0: In this episode of The Interface, I chat with Andrew Kersrock, business manager for silicon dioxide and semi-rigid products for Times Microwave Systems in Wallingford, Connecticut. Andrew just embarked on this new position for him, and we talk about how he plans to tackle the challenge. We also talk about his lessons learned working at a Department of Defense research lab. We talk about the importance of Amphenol mentors and role models, and in the face of so much new technology today. We discuss the power of simply asking the question, so what? This is The Interface. Your position at Times Microwave is what? So I'm the business manager for silicon dioxide and semi-rigid products here. That is a mouthful and you just told me that you actually just started this job a couple days ago this is a perfect opportunity to see how well, how far you've gotten here in in just two or three days. Nothing like a final exam on day three. (laughs) Exactly, so what is actually your new position here?
1: So the the silicon dioxide and semi-rigid products are a business that we've long held within the company. Um, And they're really specialty products even within us, which we do coaxial cable assemblies. Uh, So you've got an antenna, you've got a box, you Mm -hmm. wanna send the signal from one place to another, you put a cable in the middle. Uh, What our types of silicon dioxide cables are really, really good at is extreme environments. Mm -hmm. So you want to go like a 1000 degrees, you want to graze the sun on a NASA space probe, um, or you want to go towards absolute zero, um, because you're some sort of physics experiment. A normal cable, you'll actually melt or you'll freeze the center of the cable right out of it. It's Mm -hmm. made out of a plastic. Our cable, it's essentially made out of a really fancy Pyrex, like a Pyrex dish. Yeah. Um, so you'll use that cable, and it's really the only thing that can survive those sorts of extreme environments. Um, so it's a product that we've had for a number of years. We see a huge number of growing opportunities for it, uh, for research, for national security applications, mm-hmm. um, really across the range. And what we decided to do is make the investment in really treating it as a business where it's got a focused uh, business manager, you know, across the entire team from engineering to operations, quality, to really think about it um, as more than just, hey, this is an operations cell, this is an engineering team. No, we're, we're really looking to grow and, and service the customer ultimately as effectively as we can.
0: So is it fair to say that largely until just now, it's been, uh, and I don't want this to be like a negative connotation, but like an ancillary product to the rest of the TMS portfolio?
1: Yeah, I think it's always been an integrated part of the TMS portfolio. Um, I think the difference, though, is the rest of our product line. Uh, they're primarily products that have some sort of plastic type material as the dielectric right. in the middle. Right. This product, because it uses essentially glass, it's a little bit different. So the manufacturing processes are different. You actually have to use a laser to weld the connectors on. Hmm. You know, some of the techniques are different. So even though it's part of the whole portfolio, it always, from an operations and applications perspective, was a little bit different. So being able to tell that story really clearly as it's you know, a, a mini little business within a business, I think is going to make us more effective.
0: So the product range then in this group is, is from A to Z. What would that entail?
1: Yeah, so it's, uh, it, so it's really um, a pretty straightforward product line. Okay. It's a few different cable sizes. Mm-hmm. Um, bigger cable, you can uh, go farther, essentially, lower loss. Smaller cable, you can go higher frequency. Uh, so we've got a couple different cable sizes depending on the application. And then with that, we have several different common connectors for the applications that we're looking at. What's really interesting about these products, though, okay. is usually our customers want to bend them in crazy angles because they've got to fit into some little box or it's got to make a particular bend or it's got to connect between two things. So one of the things that our team downstairs specializes in is they're really, really good at configuring the cables to meet exactly what the customer need is. Okay. And it's, it's one thing to, okay, sure, metal bending, lots of different people can do metal bending. Mm-hmm. But every time you bend the metal, you change the electricals a little bit. So being able to hit the mechanicals and the electrical
0: requirements that our customers have all at the same time, that's really a challenge. Yeah, it sounds it. So everything, there's really nothing that's, that's flexible per se. Everything is, is a rigid cable type of assembly
1: yes it's semi-rigid okay. um you, you know with your hands you
0: can flex it a little bit mm-hmm. but uh you know it, it's certainly not like a telephone cord but it's also not a piece of rebar you have to forgive me i come from a world with you know round circular connectors that you could you know beat the heck out of with a with a boot in the army or whatever so yeah so this no is, no this is radically different but equally interesting to learn about
1: radically different and you know e- even though some of the elements of it really have to be done precisely this stuff is still going in into rockets. It's going to be in satellites, so right. it has every bit of the vibration requirement, the cold, the shock, the heat uh, that you see. A, a little bit different than some of the mill standard items that you see in the you know thirty eight triple nine world, yeah. um, right? You know, from Amphenol Aerospace Operations in New York, mm-hmm. but very much uh, similar applications, so similar applications and customer requirements.
0: So your job is to, uh, in essence, lead the development of this product and, and proliferate it more into these markets where you're going to need these products in harsher environments, correct?
1: Yeah. So I, I think my job, and it, it, it's very similar to one of the roles that I was brought into Times Microwave to do. Um, the previous role that I've held, um, I was growing Times Microwave in the commercial aviation world. Okay, We have a phenomenal sales team at times, works very closely with uh, all of our military and aerospace uh, sales representatives around the country, around the world. And we have a great product engineering team. One of, the things, one of the questions that we had uh, in the aviation side was, how do we do a better handshake uh, on the commercial aviation side? Long experience doing it on the military side. Actually, long experience doing it on the, the commercial side, but it's actually a little bit of a different sales cycle, military Absolutely. versus commercial. Oh, yeah. And having somebody who could say, how do we take the products or the product capabilities? I actually launched and qualified a new product, but it was through capabilities we already had on hand. Not much fundamental R&D. hmm so how do we take that product? How do we take the sales team we already have? How do we take the distribution relationships that we have on the commercial side of our business okay. and pull all of that all together into a product line? We were really successful in last year doing that on commercial aviation. So one of my roles here on the silicon dioxide team isn't to go reinvent sales. We've got a great sales team. Not to reinvent operations. We, we, again, we have uh, these you know, operators who can make these incredibly detailed bends while still doing phenomenal things electrically. Mm-hmm. It's to do a little bit more of that coaching, to pull, it, pull together and knit together the product portfolio of how do we get the right product to the right person at the right time um, and, and grow the markets because we are seeing increased demand. Usually what you see is there's nobody who accidentally ends up needing a silicon dioxide cable. <laughs> yeah. y- you know who you are um,
0: right. because it's, it's a really it's, extreme environment. No one says, well, I guess that'll work.
1: Right, yeah. <laughs> right. It, it's if it, certainly, you know, if you could use something else in, you know, the Times Microwave product portfolio, you would. Semi-rigid cables are less flexible than flexible cables. Right. Uh, flexibility is really important to a lot of our customers.
0: So let's back up. So let's just go through a sure. little bit about your background leading up to this position then. Did you grow up in this area here in Connecticut?
1: No, so I'm from outside of Boston originally. Okay. So um, Came to Connecticut. I was uh, an undergraduate at Yale. Um, studied in the area. Left after college. Mm-hmm. Went uh, out to Seattle to Washington D.C. Actually came back for graduate school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, you know here I am, sticking around Connecticut, and, and really happy to be here. Yeah, that's great. So, what was your undergraduate degree yeah. in? So there's actually there's a bit of a story behind that one. Okay, um, that's why we're here. Yeah. So, uh, so, so growing up, huge science nerd. Um, I mean, I think, so basically when I was two years old, I got my first wish of what I wanted to be when I grew up garbage man. Okay. Quickly replaced at age three by astronaut.
0: Okay. It must be a fireman in here.
1: Yeah, no, actually that was it. It was first with garbage man, got to go see the garbage guys every day. Um, but then when I was three years old, I wanted to be an astronaut and I, I haven't stopped yet. Um, still, you know, if you ask me, you know, what, what next, can I be an astronaut? Yes. Sign me up. No question tomorrow. That's great. Call Elon. I'll, I'll go on the <laughs> rocket. <laughs> right. But but what did that actually turn out to mean? Growing up, it was what can you do with science? So <laughs> I was a race car mechanic because that was, wow. you know, it, it turns out that your tires are just fancy springs. Yeah. So if you, you know, adjust the springs correctly, you can turn through the corners faster and you win. So it was always sort of that, so what? And and I loved the science about it. But when I was sitting in a international relations class in college. We were talking, it was 2007. Mm -hmm. So the biggest thing in the news then was Iran's nuclear program. And here it is, you were talking about nuclear physics, equals MC squared everywhere in the universe. It's just a fact. Mm -hmm. And that was everything for my physics classes. But we were making choices about politics and who could have which uh, nuclear activities here here on earth. And that was human. That was so what? What do we do about it? right. Totally changed the course of what I was interested in. Helped me actually understand what I liked. Dropped physics, picked up political science, but studied nuclear weapons all the way through. Worked for the Department of State, worked for a think tank that you know, came up with new ideas and then tried to make them realities for how do we stop the spread of nuclear weapons. Mm. Um, and ended up a scientist at one of the Department of Energy's research laboratories after graduating college. Sort of funny to have a political scientist uh, sitting in a research lab where most people are PhD physicists and engineers. Yeah, this is wildly eclectic e- super eclectic yeah. but, but that was that was was great and the lab uh, loved having somebody like me who could say, all right, you know, we have incredible sensors. I mean the engineers in our national laboratories are brilliant mm-hmm. The key though is to be able to translate that into so what for the diplomat at the negotiating table
0: right right.
1: And that's a lot of what I worked on was how do what are the rules? What are the technologies that we use to go do nuclear inspections? Yeah. Um, How does the United Nations pick up the right tools that they need? That was it. That was so. What you've got all the science. I didn't want to be
0: doing AutoCAD. I didn't want to be doing (laughs) modeling. I I got some exposure to that. It it wasn't. It wasn't for me. So it was. It was a deeper level of thinking. So you bring uh, what your role was in essence was. You bring a different perspective to this very nerdy scientific community that I would imagine for the most part these men and women are very focused on their particular role and and have the proverbial blinders on and only see what they see and you have the ability with all these different disparate interests and in political science and, and and nuclear weapons and all this to come in and say well let's think about this a little bit differently I appreciate that is yeah. that is that about what you're talking about here
1: yeah that, that was that was a lot of it yeah. is uh okay well you know my, my favorite thing to do would be you read Wired Magazine. Yeah. And there are people who are doing crazy stuff. Um, sure. But then if you put on the lens of, I have you know, 5,000 engineers at my disposal, how could we use or change or what are the potential problems that these new technologies are going to create? Um, how do we solve those problems? Because part of the answer is probably going to be new sensing technologies, new weapons, new um, AI techniques to really understand some of the data but some of it is going to be politics. What new treaties do we need? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how good your sensor is. If people can't get together and agree that they want to use the sensor, the technology doesn't matter. Um, and then even if you can agree, it's, well, who can use the sensor and and where and in what way? What do we do with the data once we get it? And that was a lot of what we were pulling together was it, it's partly technology. It's partly people.
0: Yeah. And,
1: and I think sort of the, you know, where, where did that take me? Uh, ultimately, I, I knew that if I was going to, you know, grow wherever was next – uh, what I saw was management was going to be a really critical skill set. Um, so I, I went off, You're got right, my MBA, yeah. Yeah. and uh, got my MBA at Yale School of Management, New Haven, mm-hmm. Connecticut, and met uh, Klaus Dorr, uh, the Amphenol recruiter, who came on campus. Uh, Wallingford, where I'm based now, is about 25 minutes away. Right. And he started talking about the biggest company you've never heard of, <laughs> Amphenol. <laughs> that's a great way to put it, yeah. And, and you, know, you, you mentioned Eclectic, and that's a little bit of, of what we are here. Oh, yeah. We are inside every piece, you know, every piece of equipment. We're inside your aircraft. We're inside telephones. um, We're, you know, up on the cell phone towers. uh, We're on spacecraft. And you'd never think about it. You know, here in my division, we make the cables. But, you know, where you work, they're, you know, round connectors. We have sensors. We have antennas. There Mm -hmm. are so many different pieces of uh, components, really, that come out of Amphenol. And and our culture is a little bit different too. And we can certainly talk more about our culture. at Infinite, But yeah. But it absolutely appealed to me because everything from my past, which was go out, try to say, what do we do about this technology? And then, you know, do we have actually the capabilities to change it? That's what I found here. We have the greatest cable design engineers you've ever seen at Times Microwave. And we have the greatest manufacturing team. And, and what's fascinating is I can go out and I can talk to a customer and they'll say, I've got a really weird one for you. Hmm. And then, and I'm sure you've had this too, you know, with the folks that you see is, you know, they'll come up with something and and it is, it really is a weird one. Oh yeah. But you'll bring it back here. I'll talk to the operations team. I'll talk to the engineering team. I'll say, oh yeah, yeah. well, this isn't quite like the thing we did 15 years ago for that other customer. But if we make this change and there's this new material we could look at, Yeah, yeah, I think that would meet, you know, it's got to go, uh, you know, flex 10,000 times, and then it's also got to be able to be exposed to these crazy cold temperatures, and it's got to have this amazing electrical performance. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's really cool. And there's the so what is being able to help guide those conversations through our engineering, our operations, and our sales teams to ultimately deliver
0: something that the customer, even they knew that that was weird when we started out with it. It's interesting, now that you, you're talking through this, I'm thinking to myself, and you're kind of explaining it in an indirect way, how did you end up at Times Microwave Systems? <laughs> and I think the culture enables you to collect all of these elements that you've described here and come up with solutions to problems for people in a way that you probably couldn't with 99% of the other companies that you could work for.
1: Yeah, that, that's right. Uh, when you when you look at the roster, the type of things that we're on, and you know, my favorite, you can go online and you can see satellite trackers. You can look, and if you look, and it's a clear night, you can see our content flying over. Mm-hmm. That feels pretty good. When I told my family, you know, here here's where I'm going. You know, I got this job offer. This is what I'm going to do after I graduate school. Huh. They couldn't. How many connector companies could there be? I mean, how many connectors could there be? I mean, it's a it's a connector, right? well, it's it's huge. And I think sort of the the aha for me was you know growing up, you watch you'd wake up at crazy hours to watch the space shuttle launch mm-hmm. and it gets scrubbed, you know two out of every three times. And what does it always get scrubbed for? Well, you see the next day it was some you know three dollar part. It was an o-ring. it was a this. It was a right. you know a tiny little component of of one item. Well, when you think about the so what of what do our cables do? you know if you if that cable is malfunctioning, doesn't matter whatever the system behind it was, can't talk to the antenna. So you've essentially taken that system offline. It suddenly dawned on me, that's why we care about interconnect. And that's why it has to be so precise and so highly engineered is, actually, when you take down these systems, you scrub launches. And that was, when that clicked for me, I really, um,
0: it was a lot of pride to come into work. It certainly makes it real when they say there's an aircraft on the ground now because of a, a connector or a cable or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that, then it's like, oh, shoot, okay, we really have to solve this problem. We have to solve it now. We can't just kind of goof off and figure it out and take our time. This needs to be solved right now. We have to be problem solvers. So, no, I I, I can totally appreciate that. So it sounds like you're enjoying it so far. You can't, yeah, can you can you guess? Yeah, yeah no, I, I, you're it, certainly enthusiastic about it. And I love the so what aspect of, of the way that you think about these things. Um, I think to give it perspective as you go through these opportunities that we're going to uh, have already come to you in, in the previous work you've done and and, and now in this new role in, in an expanded product series mm-hmm. sense here of trying to manage and enhance the direction of this new group you're only going to get better at it as you do it and, you know the more reps you get in front of customers and doing this and solving problems is going to be infinitely satisfying.
1: Yeah, I think so. And what's, what's really exciting to me even three days in is you can see that all the ingredients are there. Great. That we, we have all the team from the front end of the team through the operations, through the quality, through the, the capex that's already in place and you know, the huge amount of support uh, that I have from you know, my general manager, Bill Callahan, from you know, across the entire team. Uh, this, is, this is clearly something that we can do to, to grow the business and, and grow it quickly. Because it you know, it's not just look, you know, for me, you know, numbers that go up and to the right always look good, but what does that mean? You know, we put it into, you know, it's customers served, it's uh, research labs that can operate, it's mm-hmm. spacecraft that have received, you know, interconnect components. Uh, that that feels good and that's that's meeting the customer mission. Yeah, you know, so what? What do you what do you need that for? Uh, there's a lot of fascinating applications and research and discovery that that rides on the systems being able to talk to each other.
0: Now, you you bring up another interesting point too, and this is no surprise. I mean, every business and a corporation especially, there's always a short-term aspect to everything you do. And so that's undeniable. And you always have to sure. be cognizant of that and and make sure that you're, again, doing your due diligence to make sure short-term you're doing well. But it sounds like yours is definitely more of a long play too, because it's it's not necessarily a new product line, but it's something you're trying to expand. And, and there's some, some patience involved to a certain extent, but I'm sure an aggressive goal as well. So if you could think and project out, say, three or five years, I'm not saying for a dollar value, yeah, yeah. but what do you think a success would look like for you with this, with this new responsibility?
1: So I, I mentioned earlier that everyone who sort of knows that they need this application knows they need it we should be the first phone call they make. Mm-hmm. You know, they should know who the local person is and they should be able to get the product in their hand quickly. Um, that's success to me because if you've got that and then really, you know, the market is coming towards you and, and you know, all the other things will work themselves out. But, you know, there's a lot of steps you have to do to get there, um, you know, from uh, the front end of the business, whether it's, you know, the product, what are the right sales channels, uh, you know, how do we think about promotion and making sure that we're in the right places where our customer need to see us. As well as on the back ends, making sure that we, you know, deliver, and that's really, uh, that's that's the crux of it. To how you go from the short term today to, you know, through sort of the nebulous middle term right. into long term success. Yeah, that that's a lot of the blocking and tackling that's going to get us there. So I think success for me is very straightforward. It's we're the first phone call they've got our phone. You know, whether it's you know you're an old school engineer. With a physical Rolodex, and you know, there's somebody's business card in there, or mm-hmm. you know, uh, a younger engineer. They and I are friends on LinkedIn or connected on LinkedIn. Whatever the method is, there's just it's a no brainer that that's the product you need for the application, and that's who you call to get it.
0: It's a very easy way to think about that too. So, what's been one of the challenges that you've run into at your time here at at Amphenol and Times Microwave specifically that you're like, oh boy, I have no idea how we're going to solve this issue?
1: Yeah, I, I, can, think of, I can think of two. Okay. Uh, so, you know, one challenge that I walked into and there was no easy answer on day one, I think was really the charge uh, for me for the new role. Uh, so came in, uh, was working for our commercial sales director, uh, Dave Keesling, mm-hmm. and the charge was grow our content on commercial aircraft. That was the end of the conversation. Right Now, he and I had a lot of really good follow-up conversations on that. But what does that mean? Is that new customers? Is that new products? Is that new sales channels? What do we do? Mm-hmm. The reason that that became the charge was that it was a question that the company really wanted to work on and didn't have a ready, easy, straightforward answer. Because um, frankly, the team here is so good that if there was an easy, straightforward, immediate answer, that had been solved already. Uh, the only problems that are left now are the ones that, ooh, that that's going to take some real thinking and talking and and figuring. Right. And, and, you know, I'm so lucky that I had Dave as a manager in that there was a lot of patience for me to go out and talk to everyone inside the company, outside the company, across AMAO. Uh, the number of people at other, Amphenol right. military and aerospace division companies uh, who heard me and were very patient with me in the first few weeks and months on the phone, um, I am eternally indebted to them. <laughs> And I mean it. And, and yeah. there were there were a lot of pointers that that people provided on where they had seen things or where they thought there might be opportunity. And and ultimately, what that turned into was a, a need for a new product right at the heart of our commercial product line, a product that we launched earlier this summer called Times Commercial Air TCA cable. Mm-hmm. And it's a great product, really high performance product. I, I won't nerd out on all the engineering details right you now. You can if you want. No, it's just it's it is a gr- like a really great. High-performance, high-temperature cable for aviation applications. It's got all the right materials in it. It's really low loss. It's got a great set of connectors that go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we use a modular technique for the connectors. We divide it in half. One half gets stuck on the cable, and then it screws on to the front end. So oh. what, that, what that means is you can go from a straight to a right angle. Yeah. What it means is you potentially, uh, if you've got a really tight run on an aircraft, then uh, you might want want to, you certainly don't want to damage the interface. Mm-hmm. So if you take off the front end of the connector, which might be a little more sensitive, you can route the cable and then you put on the interface at the end. Yeah. Uh, once it's been routed through the aircraft and it's right by ultimately the connection it's going to make. Great idea. Um, yeah, and, and that w- that wasn't my idea, right? right? That was an idea that was sitting from, you know, somewhere in the sales team. Somebody said, well, what if we approached it this way? Right. And that was the, you know, the great, joy of the challenge was there was you know a lot of collecting information and then some polishing some knitting together um pulling together the ideas ultimately when we had a plan of action then it was manufacturing the cable and then qualifying it uh, it's going on an aircraft it can't just be yeah we think it's pretty good oh well, i know you yeah. you know you, yeah. you've got to show we did um 30 different tests on the cable we did 31 different tests on the connector designs mm. uh we were working with our engineering team you know phenomenal support both here in Connecticut, where we've got um, more of our military production, as well as Shanghai, China, where mm-hmm. we do a lot of our commercial production. Really, it was just it was a hundred percent a team effort to pull together this product. Uh, that now we've got in distribution, it's available, and uh, you know we're looking to see it grow on on aircraft nation and
0: worldwide. That's great. So, what did you learn from the the other divisions, specifically the AMA, or the military and aerospace yeah. divisions? So there there was the
1: I think the basic level, and then maybe a more fundamental level about how to, how to be a business development manager. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the really, the basic level was, who are the customers? Who's buying? Where are people in their sales cycle? Um, You know, unlike some parts of Amphenol where it's 18 months and that's the entire product life cycle, we're talking about commercial airframes and systems that go on commercial airframes, like the SATCOM systems. Mm -hmm. These have very long design cycles and then very long design lives huge investments up front from our customers into the products that they're making. Right. So understanding where all these customers were and, you know, how I begin to map out where our products could fit in just because somebody has a box, that doesn't mean that they're necessarily responsible for the coax assembly that plugs into it. So there's actually, there's some nuances there in, you know, just being able to answer the question, who are my customers and what do they need? Right. Um, But I think actually the, so, and, 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 the incredibly giving of their time, contacts, relationships to make make that happen and get me plugged in. The deeper level, I think, was how Amphenol operates and just hmm. a phenomenal set of models. Um, and I can think of some, you know, no one is better at this than uh, Christina Higgins, who's our business development sure. manager nope, at yeah. PCD in yep. Massachusetts. And just what what can I do to help? What more? How can we share the information so that we both get farther ahead? Which was just when we talk about Amphenol's culture and what does that mean with 115 business units now, I think we have worldwide. Right, right, yeah. Being able to have models who will tell you, this is how we work together, even though you report to one general manager, I report to another. Absolutely a clear you know, indicator and pattern for me. One, I was excited. That was what I was hoping that the relationships would look like. Right. But two, how do you do that? So much of what we do is, well, rather than take it to a committee, just pick up a phone. There aren't that many committees at Amphenol. No uh no, so no, or not. no and, and you've gotta, you got to you got to learn who are the people and and how do we build those communities to talk to each other uh, you know let's say i've got um this sort of oddball application where you know what it's a coaxial cable but it needs a 38999 connector on the end who are the right people to talk to at amphenol aerospace to to integrate that together mm-hmm. um, and the and the pattern through which we do that which is a lot of just no you know knowing the folks over time which I think also the fact that we can build that culture speaks to the fact that people have longevity, right? So I talk to people on the team that have been around 20, 30 years. It's not hard to pick up the phone when you know somebody cause they're sticking around. If people are changing roles every six months, then, well, we need to have a committee that gets together because all the faces are always changing. But, <laughs> yeah. but if, if these are people who, you know, we're investing in the product lines, we're investing in, you know, this is what I really hone my expertise in our style of pick up the phone and call people. And here are the people who know, really works so they, they taught me how to do that two step
0: yeah keep it simple don't don't complicate it yeah and I think the relationships are are absolutely essential and you're right there's some some really great knowledgeable people here that are very giving of their their time and knowledge um, and it's it's great I mean it helps it's a win-win for everybody then uh, especially when you have you know all these radically different businesses like you're talking about with PCD and Amphenol and Aerospace and, and here at Times Microwave System, just to name those three sure. that you named. I mean, radically different businesses, all three of them. I mean, granted, they're in the same military and aerospace community and, and group within Amphenol, but run three very, very uh, separate ways. Um, and there's no tie between them other than the fact that they are steeped in the Amphenol culture of collaboration. What do you need? Let me help out as best I can. Just let me know what you wanna do. I don't wanna make this complicated. We'll send someone there, you send someone here, boom, it's done. It's done. Yeah, that's great. Andrew, thank you very much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Chris, thank you, it was a pleasure. Thanks.